0: Tuning in to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful hosts, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shanira.
1: And I'm Jenny Lee.
0: And today we have an amazing guest speaker uh, by the name of Jane Finette, who's going to share her journey of being blessed with um, authorship, leadership experts, and also an owner and director of an amazing nonprofit um, that she's dedicated her life to for women so that they can empower others to create an impact across the world. So thank you, Jane, for um, coming on to our platform today. It's such a pleasure to have you. Um, how are you doing today?
2: I thank you. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the wonderful opportunity. I'm so delighted to be here. And I'm doing great. I'm doing so great. I We were just mentioning just before we got started, I'm in Boulder, Colorado, and it has been a glorious day here. Just the sun has shone. The sky is the most incredible blue. And this is a good thing because last Friday we had eight inches of snow. Oh wow. Oh wow. Which is not cool. It's like the end of May. Well, and it was not fun. And so I am very grateful, very blessed today for a beautiful, what feels like a beautiful spring day. So um yeah, thank you. That was lovely. I would like to keep more of that. And no I'm more surprised. Yes,
0: yes, we are almost yeah. in June and I still feel like we we're in the transition of like, yeah, Yeah,
1: I can agree. We're still like it's still like the summer's trying to grab on but the spring and, and, and like in the winter is pulling of that <laughs> but yeah it's time to Can't have it
2: <laughs> it's true but that was a shocker I had planted some things in my garden and then it was oh like a killing effort we were finding oh creative solutions and duct tape
0: <laughs> <laughs> trying to hold everything together right <laughs> yeah
2: you know it yeah buckets and things it was it didn't that's look pretty out there for a few days. Yeah. And now it's
0: now it's beautiful outside. <laughs> it,
2: everything looks like it survived, thank goodness. So um that's the duct, tape. Well.
0: Said duct tape. Right? That's the duct tape. Shout out it's to the, the duct key.
2: Key <laughs> to everything.
0: So before we get into all your accomplishments, yeah. is there anything that you wanted to share that I didn't address?
2: Oh, um, thank you. No, 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 it was perfect. I I mean I i guess uh something that's interesting about me um is and i say this sort of often is that when you look at my resume sometimes i look like i i think i look like i'm six different people because and i'm really not that old so either i have a commitment issue or something you know or i have a lot of capacity for different things so my background was actually in fine art
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: I was a junior expert in British watercolors for Sotheby's. That was one of my first jobs. Um, And then I spent the bulk of my career in consumer technology. So I was at uh, eBay for a long time. I ran software companies in Europe. And I was at Mozilla for uh, almost a decade, the folks behind the Firefox web browser. So I kind of did all those kinds of things. And then I came to Women's Empowerment about (laughs) 10 years ago. So that's um, yeah. The thing that oh at least makes me 104.
0: <laughs> wow! <laughs> a tree that has different branches. Well, nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's mm-hmm. wrong with entrepreneurship. That's I, I applaud you for that. Um, definitely different balances, but that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Um, so before we get into everything that we're going to be discussing today, can you tell us, we, we're really big on foundation and, you know, what people go through or maybe their experience and how they were as a child to where they're at now and how everything came about. So can you just tell us a little bit about how was your life growing up?
2: Yeah, thank you for asking me that. That's so <laughs> wonderful. And, um I don't sometimes you can hear more of my British accent, but not always. I love it. So, but <laughs> I was I'm from the UK. I was born in a very small town in the middle of England, not far away from where Shakespeare was born, where a lot of people know Stratford upon Avon, which is mm-hmm. a very idyllic, like bucolic sort of green pastures, and it really is pretty and I could not wait to get out of there. You know, it's that typical you know, small town where you just want to go move to London. I eventually did do that, but I'm an only child. Um, Both my parents uh, and grandparents worked in factories. Um, And actually, I should have started my career right at the beginning when you said, was there anything else you wanted to share? Uh, So my grandmother was a hat maker. So was my mother. And that was what I did for the first three years of my my life. So I... um, I didn't get the grades to go to college, and I worked on the factory floor for three years. And uh, oh. I cut—we uh, used to make cloth cloth hats, mm-hmm. and I cut the fabric. And it taught me so much, you know, about life and hard work. Um, and I ended up being the first kid in my family to go to to go to college.
0: That's amazing. That's um, such a great accomplishment, though. You know, uh, did your with your mom and uh, your grandma? You know, had creating the legacy of making hats did they want you to pursue that since you were the only child yeah, or you too they not you to make-
3: at all
2: <laughs> no they,
0: they, they were horrified it was, <laughs> it, was, it was no
2: it was you know my mom was like you need to leave this town you need to be better than me you know yeah, and you because know, you know it. it's well it sounds kind of glamorous but really i mean it was it was a very damp environment. They, uh, the, the organization, what they they don't exist anymore. They're called, were called Wilson and Staff. It's nearly 200 years old, this company. Right. And they were the last felt making hat uh, factory mm-hmm. in the UK. So they bring the wool in from New Zealand or right. Australia and, the and they'd card the wool and wash the wool and dye the wool. And, and it's, it was a very wet, damp environment that my mom worked in for 30 years, you know, wow, and she'd say, oh, you don't want a dirty job like this, you know, <laughs> she'd say. Um, and yeah, I didn't get the grades. I wanted to go to college and I had been working there to earn some money uh, in the summer holidays, you know, so that I'd have a bit of money in my pocket to go, to go away with. And then it didn't happen. And my mom said, well, you should resit," And I did, um, and then I never went to college because I had some money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. I worked with my mom every day and yeah,
0: three years went by like that. Wow, um, wow. Yeah, but you broke think, the chain. You definitely broke the chain and
2: yeah, you know, and it's i i I actually love to tell people that, um you know, and I know I just love the work that you're doing and like our authentic stories and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just a girl that came from a really small town and in the u k you know, and yet I think we can. Lose sight, right? Like, oh, she runs a nonprofit, and she had a big job at Mozilla, and she wrote a book, and then mm-hmm. you think, oh, I can't do that. And it's like, well, heck, we all have different beginnings. Mm-hmm. Hey, who knows? Who yeah, knows definitely. We agree. Yeah, yeah, it's
3: important.
1: And, and I can imagine, like, when you have said that your mom didn't want you being there, because you know, as a parent, we want better for our children. And I don't ever think that she expected you not to, you know, be able to go to college at the moment for your first three years after graduating high school, you're working in a factory, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I think they were disappointed. And the, one of my uh, things that my mom says is my my grandmother passed away mm-hmm. um, during those three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. she always says, you know, I, I hope, I hope, she, I hope she knows, I hope she knows that you know, the things you went on to accomplish. Yeah.
0: She knows. Oh, yeah, she's, nice. yes. <laughs> she's shining down on you because you definitely. <laughs> awesome, <like>. <laughs> 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 let's get into your journey. Um, can you share, uh, tell us a little bit more about your nonprofit and how it actually helps women. I'm Super excited about that.
2: Yeah, thank you. Can I can I maybe share the founding story? Yeah, because absolutely. It, nice. Yeah, You're thank nice. you. It kind of sets up the context a little bit. Perfect. Because, mm-hmm. Thank you. Um so uh yeah, I mean I've I've mentioned it two or three times now, but I was at Mozilla for a long time. Okay. The folks behind the Firefox web browser. And uh it was actually Mozilla who relocated uh, me and my family from Europe
3: okay. in
2: two thousand nine. So they said, Will you move to Silicon Valley and I was like yes and they said you should think about it and I said nope we're coming <laughs> and we would have been like the worst summer in the UK for decades and oh. we were done we were like living in California sounds amazing so <laughs> we within three months we to to. oh wow and, yeah <laughs> brought a dog across and it was it was cool and we loved it and I felt very 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 lucky to have this opportunity um and uh you know I ended up Uh, getting promoted and you know doing lots of things and then I was part of the executive team at Mozilla and when that happened suddenly I got access to leadership development and coaching Mm. Mm. and I had had a lot of trainings over my career but I hadn't had anything where I could focus on myself as a leader like today I would call it like you know leader within like your inside out like Mm -hmm. who am I like what are my strengths my values my purpose what holds me back all these it was a revelation it just blew my mind mm. and then I was also turning around and saying to myself wow where was this 20 years ago mm. you know, how did I get to be this age and I had never known these things about myself
3: Experience that that's awesome yeah
2: yeah <laughs> you know like there are some things that we just we've gravitated toward like we're unconsciously mm-hmm. choosing and there's congruence but sometimes you just get it wrong, right? There's so many things I should do or right, that, right, that yeah. was cool or, you know, and, and mm-hmm. then you're out of actually alignment and it surprisingly doesn't work or it's just, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd made some decisions which I had clearly listened to my heart as well as my head mm-hmm. and it had gone well. <laughs> um, but this was, it was so, uh, it was shocking, shocking to me that I didn't know all these things about myself and I saw how, it increased my leadership capacity, mm. who I was in the world, mm. and my fulfillment, my satisfaction with life, my joy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted young women to have that. So uh, so all the way, sorry, back to your initial question, you know.
0: <laughs> so, um I see the alignment I- coming in. <laughs> 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 That's all it is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so... Um,
2: you know, young women leaders, and I know you know we're talking about a lot of of, of you. Hi, everyone that's listening right now. You know, are uh, you know can be quite young. You know, twenty five. You know, forty five or so. We're early in our careers still, really, yeah. and yeah. and yet this is such a rare thing for us. And I do believe it can be such a differentiator. So even if you're you know, let's talk big tech companies like Google or Facebook, you don't get those. Opportunities either as a young woman who's coming up through the through the ranks, uh, and certainly if you're in the social and environmental change sector, right. so you're working at a nonprofit. You're you know in the field and you know rural Uganda. No, one, no one's giving you a chance to have an executive coach and mm-hmm. do all of this work. Yeah. Um, so that's that's how I, that was my premise was how do I get. Um, these incredible young women leaders with such high potential doing the most extraordinary things to solve our gl- really big global grand challenges in the world, whether that's poverty or the climate crisis, you know, humanitarian work, etc., and get them this gift.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that's, so that's what I've been doing for eight years, pretty much. Yeah. Um, we put 1500 young women Uh, social environmental change leaders through the program they come from more than 80 countries Uh, wow Yeah, no it's been incredible
3: amazing and i mean and a
2: quick sort of like snapshot of who they are they're you know they're young women working with indigenous populations in the amazon wow Uh, they're community organizers you know in in detroit or they're working you know uh on Wildlife Conservation, South Africa. Um, We—I just did a, a talk this morning with one of our fellows' organizations, uh, which is working to end child sil- slavery. She's in the Ukraine. They're still running their, their organization in the midst of a of a war. Wow! Um, wow! So, so these women change. are tenacious. They are—they are doing everything they That's can to change in the world. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And so, and we want to empower them to be able to do more. And then there's like the subtext of that is, I think it's for all women, but we see it a lot with women in the impact sector is they're going to burn out. They give mm-hmm. so much of they themselves uh, and it's so hard. And it has been even harder during the pandemic. Um, so being able to help them get some distance and understand kind of what's going on, get some new perspective is keeping them in those jobs as well. And thank God, because we, we really need them. <laughs>
3: right, yeah. right, right,
2: yeah. Wow, that's powerful. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's some um, uh, people were, I was talking to some friends and they were, we were talking about hope
3: mm-hmm. recently
2: and I've heard people say, you know, oh, hope's <laughs> such an empty word or something like this, you know, and I'm like, I do not agree. I do mm-hmm. not agree at all. And when I have the privilege of speaking to some of the women that we work with and I, you know, I see what they're doing, not only what we could help them with, but just what they're doing in the world. I know that as hard as it might seem that change is happening. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm, And
2: it's one person at a time. Right. But it is happening.
0: It's baby steps. And as long as the steps are actually in progress, that that's that's all that matters. We don't see everything as 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 as. All at once, basically, it's not pop. Microwave, it's It's not a -a microwave, but it's. I'm I'm sure the steps is happening, and that's that's where the hope is alive, you know.
2: It's Mm -hmm. true. It's very true. In motion. Yeah. uh Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, and and like you said, you know, you say that hope is an empty word. It's not an empty word. Hope was keeps you going. Hope is just like like it gives hope just gives you to know that okay there's something there there's something i could fight for something that's gonna keep going and like you said shanara i'm just uh you know it keeps you in step it keeps you in step and it just hope for the best and for the outcome of things it just keeps it gives you that positive mind that positive mindset to stay there yeah When you have-
2: you're so right. That was when you were speaking that that really hit me because I think, yeah, like without hope, like we don't have that optimism. You mm-hmm. know? Like if we're not if we don't want to build a positive world, what is the world we're building? Right. And and you mm-hmm. can't build a positive future in a positive world if you don't have hope. Honestly, and you don't yeah. and, you can't, and you can't see a different a different way forward for all of us.
0: Yeah. Yes, I totally agree. That's amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: So as uh, you as you gain a development coach um, and you give classes to your clients, have you seen any common issues among them on your students?
2: Yeah, I, I have Jenny Lee, and it's it's kind of sad, but it's kind of awesome at the same time. So um, <laughs> um, uh, so uh, and I should back up a little bit so, how our organization works is Mm -hmm. it's an application process so these young women leaders are they apply Mm -hmm. and then if there's and there's a very big application process and then (laughs) when they're selected they get matched with an executive coach okay so we kind of we bring them together we link them
0: with someone that knows what they're knows uh, what
2: they're doing and (laughs) then uh yeah yes i (laughs) kind of do I'm still trying to know what i'm doing but they they definitely do and um and they work together for six months okay uh, so that's that's the uh, uh the period of time that they get this incredible gift to work like the executive coach works on them and they work on them so it's all of that inner goodness it's it's transformational really a special thing that um not everybody gets you know um so um when they apply uh, this was the most disheartening thing for me was that, and it's still true, but like more than 80% of the people when we say, what do you want to work on? What do you want to work on with a coach? Um, like what is getting in your way? And they say, I want to be more confident. Mm. I need to work on confidence.
3: Yeah.
2: And it just, like some of these women, and particularly in the early days, we were specifically looking to to work with what we would say sort of like real change makers. So mm-hmm. if you've heard of Malala, she was the, you know, the girl who was shot by the Taliban in mm-hmm. Pakistan early days, seven, eight years uh-huh. ago. Mm-hmm. So imagine we were having women of this kind of caliber you know, apply mm-hmm. and eighty percent of them were saying, I need to work on confidence. And we're like, you are changing, saving, <laughs> wow. transforming hundreds of millions of lives. Like use me. I mean, I used to do. Onboarding can we help calls. you again? <laughs> I used to do onboarding calls with them, and I would not sleep the night before. My husband would be like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" You know, and I'd be like, "Do you have any ideas?" I just. So, so- <laughs> I'm gonna be in a call with like thirty of these incredible women. I am nobody. Like I came from a, I worked in a factory for three. But, you know, i was just. I have a confidence issue, and um, yeah, um, uh. And I was so just, dis- I, it still disheartens me. It still disheartens me. And, you know, they weren't asking me for money. Mm-hmm. They weren't asking me for a contact to Melinda French Gates. You know, they, they wanted to work on themselves.
3: Mm-hmm. and And
2: that was actually something that we can help with. You yeah. know, we can help them understand what are the stories that we're telling ourselves that is preventing us from stepping forward. know I'm not good enough I'm not smart enough I didn't come from the right you know side of town or what have you you know and so on and um and we see um that even a year after the the program is finished more than 65 percent of those women are still saying their increase their confidence is increasing so it's you know we got it kick-started and it's always a work in progress right like you know we're always having to work on stuff like that but we know that we could try to make a difference for them. And if that was the difference of them applying for a promotion or trying to raise more money for their nonprofit or whatever it is, then it, we're all ultimately going to benefit from that.
3: Hmm.
1: Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. So can you um, tell me what was one of your greatest accomplishments since having the nonprofit?
2: Yeah. It's a big one, actually. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm just telling these stories where they're like super low, but they get super good
0: at the end. Um, Eight so, years of having a pro- nonprofit. profit I'm sure you ran yeah. into a lot. Of- mm-hmm. It's
2: true. Anyone who's <laughs> listening that has said that, we are like, oh, yeah,
3: yeah. It's <laughs> rough. Um,
2: it's just, um, well, it, and it's, you know, many of us, of course, have such crazy... Dire stories of the pandemic, right. and yeah. uh, and in the spring of 2020, uh, we nearly lost coach fellowship. We nearly lost the organization. Um, so we do these two really big fellowship programs a year, and then we work with uh, other uh, larger nonprofit organizations, and we help them get access to coaching. Right. And one of those organizations were just. know i mean everyone was in a panic everyone and um, they said we can't do this we're not we're not going to do it and that was actually really necessary funding for us um so we had eight weeks of payroll in the bank and i know you don't necessarily need to know how the business works but because we run these two big fellowship programs and i have to tell you the program is not free so um our fellows pay uh, the cost of one coaching okay. session and they get 12 of those across the okay. six months. So, and it's you know, it keeps us alive, keeps the mm-hmm. organization alive,
3: running. Mm-hmm.
2: but it's also a little bit of that, you know, they have some commitment, they have something that some investment in the program. Um, so it's, it's in, in two levels. And, um, so we get this cash injection twice a year and okay. we run the one in the spring and we run the one in the fall okay. and and we have enough basically you know we live hand to mouth very much is that we earn enough money from the programs to just about make it to the second program and then we we get a little injection and then we just about make it to the next program next, yeah um we haven't been able to figure out a sustainability model so it kind of looks a bit like that every year we're working on it you know mm-hmm. um but because we didn't have this money come in, and then people, we were hearing our fellows were getting pulled out of the field. I mean, so many of the women are working, you know, they're across Africa, they're across Latin America, Southeast wow. Asia, and the big organizations—they, you know, if they work for the UN or the Red right. Cross or whatever, they're just pulling them out. Mm-hmm. And, and these women, they hadn't even lived in America for like, you know, five years, six years, and we're like they're not. They're not going to apply to our program. They don't know what they're doing, you know. Right. Um, and uh, I thought if we don't get enough women to be part of the program, we we actually won't earn enough money to to make it through. Mm-hmm. We won't be able to. We'll run out of money before that six month mm-hmm. program is is finished. And wow. I had to tell my team that we're four people, and uh, uh, and. I wanted them to know, and I said, I think we have to take a decision whether we actually even run the program or not. We have to, you know, we have to make that decision. And um, what I'm most proud of, and and it's I guess it says a lot about us as a team and culture. Uh, Sure, what it says about me as a leader, but it was my team that came and said. Well, we should run. We should just run that program. And if we run out of money, if it doesn't work, then we will volunteer and we will make sure mm. that we that we complete that program. Wow! And, and then on top of that, uh, they said, "And we should go big or go home." <laughs> so um, we should also stand up a program for frontline women workers um, mm. and do situational coaching for them. So then, within those first four weeks, we helped more than a hundred uh doctors women doctors nurses uh, all around the world just be able to process what they were going through
3: wow. and
2: we ended up running the biggest program we'd ever run um mm. because it turns out people really needed coaching because they didn't know what the heck was going on mm-hmm. um and so we we survived but that moment where my team said we will just it doesn't matter you know we will just we we honor this we're committed we're going to make this work um, was everything for me.
0: See, that's uh-huh. where the hope came into place, too. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but for your company as well.
1: Yeah, amazing. Yeah. The passion. Absolutely. It was the, the passion. passion
0: and determination. Yeah,
1: yes. <laughs> no, for
2: sure. Yeah, I mean, they, are, they were just incredible. And I felt, you know, at that point, i have never been in a situation where it was my company and I was going to have to lay people off. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the middle of a global pandemic, right. with no healthcare. I mean, I was just like, oh my god like I, I can't believe this and of course there were so many people who were living this right having mm. to lay their people off being the ones yeah. who were being laid off and
3: so um
2: cool. and wow. I just couldn't fathom it and I I didn't know how to lead I did not know how to lead I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to raise enough money to keep it going and so they um they stepped up wow stepped up
0: and that's good about teamwork, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. the amazing thing about teamwork, where someone is it needs a little bit of help or a little boost, that's where the whole team comes in to lift the whole company, in your case. Yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing, though. That's yep. amazing.
2: It is. They're great people. Yeah, they're still working with us, so.
0: Yes.
1: Lucky, lucky, lucky. Wow. <laughs> they're a rock stars. Awesome. Like I always say, dream work makes the teamwork.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it totally does. And yeah, the teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that's
0: amazing how you were able to push through. Now doing this whole process of having a nonprofit and then learning um, expertise on leadership and development. How did you come into being an author and writing a book?
2: i still have no idea actually <laughs> you know, like,
0: like how on earth did that
3: happen right no
2: <laughs> um, it's shocking to me really And you know and, and everybody, i everybody everyone wants to write a book and i sure did but I, I i never really knew what i would write i thought that i would write something about the lessons learned at the coaching fellowship mm-hmm. you know like a, a book for let's say 25 to 40 year olds uh, earlier in my career women right and that was always something that i kept to my mind but again because of the pandemic <laughs> um so in the summer of 2020 i mean things were going better for coach fellowship we we'd accepted the most fellows we'd ever served right. you know was less worried about that but what i was paying attention to was how many women were leaving the workforce Mm-hmm. Right, How many jobs were, I mean, all those, the vast majority of women in the U.S. were, enjoy, uh, were employed in the consumer service sector. Mm-hmm. And of course, they were the first jobs to get hit by oh, the mm-hmm. lockdowns,
3: right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
2: And then you saw families, uh, just, I mean, the, the families, men with partners, you know, nobody wanted to do this, but because the women were earning less money or working part time, they were the ones that were gonna to have to stay home right now and raise mm-hmm. the kids and take care of the yeah. elder elder folks and their families. Right. Um, and then, uh, and sorry, really going down the rabbit hole here, but the numbers of domestic violence increasing. That's so true. Um, yep. no. so
3: true. Child Everything abuse increasing. I mean, yeah. yeah.
2: like, come on. The isolation and,
3: is, whew,
2: It's yeah. crazy. And then when you look globally, um, uh, 32 million girls didn't go to school today. And that wasn't because they didn't want to. You know, it was because they are not deemed important enough. All mm-hmm. the threats of sexual violence, even walking to school, means yeah. the parents will keep them home. Right? Right. Or they don't have access to sanitary uh, products and things Got like it. that. And and because of the pandemic, they said another 20 million girls will not go back to school because of that. No, no. So, you know, I was, I was depressed. I was uh, frustrated. The World Economic Forum came out and said no. that we lost... 36 years of progress alone in 2020 for women and girls.
1: An entire
2: generation wiped out in one year, right? And that's looking at pay equity, um, um, women's rights, you know, reproduction rights, education rights, you know, across the board. Um, And I was like, well, I run a women's organization. Like what am I do? Like, yeah, like, and I felt both, I felt so disenfranchised and so utterly unable to make a difference. And, um, and this is, and so before I was writing the book, right, this is how I felt. And I started, I was like, I have to get myself out of this back to hope, you know, I have to, mm-hmm. I have to try and like, you know, get myself in a different mental state. And Mm -hmm. so I started reconnecting with people who I knew were doing awesome work for women and girls. And I I got to thinking like, what if I told their stories? What if I shared, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: what are they doing to actually make a difference? Um, And it was twofold. It was firstly, uh, so the book is uh, full of inspirational stories about really ordinary women who Mm -hmm. have managed to create significant change for women and girls around the world. Wow, Um, and these are not stories that get told, right? We all we all we get is devastating headline Mm -hmm. after devastating headline. Yeah, and and we have a lot going on, so (laughs) you know it's important that it's in the news. But we don't hear about the real impact that people are having Mm -hmm. every day. Mm Inspirations,
0: yeah, Mm -hmm. and that it will
2: motivate us to keep going and to keep going. Uh, And who knows? Who knows where it will lead? Mm -hmm. Um. And then I'm I, a very practical person, and I I was saying to myself, gosh, but what can we do? Like, what can each of us do? Because, you know, when we look at our government, and this is not just in the United States, but across the world, our governments aren't taking the lead on women's rights. Not all mm-hmm. governments. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And we, we need an end to systemic racial and gender bias. We need laws changed, and not everybody's right into the challenge, you know? um and so what is it though that as women we can actually influence that we can decide to do to help another sister you know in our in our world rise and thrive like we all have a sister we all have a best friend
3: right we have daughters
2: right you know and we want the best for them but i want us to turn that into wanting the best for every woman Uh, and so what are the things that we can do to to make that happen every every woman every day um, and so I had these 10 keys. They're not rocket science. Mm-hmm. So I went back and forth forever of like, is it even worth writing this book? Like, will anybody care, you know? And, and at the end of the day, when I look back and I, I did do this kind of due diligence of who were the women that helped me? What were the things they did that made a big difference in my life? It was, no one made a big introduction. No one gave me any money, I have to mm-hmm. say, you know? It was in, Someone seeing me, mm-hmm. really believing in me. Um, you. Yeah. yeah, giving me, you know, a, come on, a kick in the butt sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. get your act together, snap, snap out of it or what have you. All of these things were the things that mattered. And then I thought to myself, well, wow, well, we can all do that. If, is that all it takes? I mean, it's clearly not all it takes. Cause I was just saying, we're not fools. We have a lot of mm-hmm. other things to fix, but to keep us, keep
3: us moving star. forward
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so there That's we go. Amazing. It was like 308 pages later and um, <laughs> many, 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 many long nights. I loved writing the book. 308 pages?
3: Yeah, wow.
2: it was a lot. Yeah, they kept saying, oh, you need to cut, you need to cut these words. And everything I, is I, was,
3: easy. <laughs> I
2: was very attached to them. I was really struggling and that, um they would say oh great books aren't written they're rewritten and I hated the rewriting process but Mm. you know it was I realized it was necessary um so it was a lot of work and I'm really proud of it one of the hardest things I've done and um it is um it's a real gift
0: it's a great part and to I guess to hear other people's stories how they um impact people by you know their experience and things like that and as far as it inequality did you ever experience in any of that you know being a yeah. woman of america or did you just go off of the stories that you you've written
2: um thank you for asking me this question and i uh i actually i, I kind of like to talk about this and i don't know if it's my age like okay. really it's um uh, so I, uh, in the beginning of the book, actually, I recount a story about when I was a teenager. Okay. So I was, um, I was the chairwoman of my student council. I was mm-hmm. 15. And, um, and I grew up in, in the UK, as we we're saying. And, you know, in the UK, we have to wear school uniforms.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And in, um, in that time, in the 80s, in the early 80s, late 70s, um, making me feel old, um, girls <laughs> weren't allowed to wear trousers. Oh. in the winter no mm-hmm. trousers yes like a foot, a foot of snow and we'd have yes, I mean, pretty long skirts Back but in, no trousers right.
3: mm-hmm.
2: oh, wow yeah. yeah really wow yeah and i just i was we had one particularly bad winter and, it, and then it, well, i was chair of the student house i, this is, I
3: was infuriated
2: and um managed to, i went to the board of government governors and we, we did this big campaign we got the rules changed so girls were allowed to wear I mean, now I see the girl, when I go back to visit my mom in the UK That's and I see though. the kids come out of school, and I'm like, wow. how short is that skirt? And oh. you know, the, the things they're wearing. And I'm like, okay. So, but you know, so I was pretty activist. I really recognized this inequality when I was a kid, but then I, I it was so pervasive. Like the inequality and sexism was so pervasive that I don't believe I could see it. And I didn't see it in its full entirety till I moved to the US mm. and I could get distance from the UK. So I remember, I mean, the the British comedy, like there'd be, you know, sort of like semi-naked women on TV as for comedy shows on a Saturday no. afternoon at five o'clock in the, in the afternoon in the 80s. There's a very famous I'm comedian cool. called Benny Hill who was just, you know, he'd say, and so, my joy, I, sh- I shan't do that. I was going to tell you a terrible joke, and that's not cool, so not doing that. And then, <laughs> this was normal in every family. Wow. Used it. There'd be my my dad, my mum, my grandmother, and I. She used to come out every weekend, and we'd sit and we'd watch Benny Hill, and everybody would laugh. Everybody, you know, and there were all jokes wow. about women's bodies and uselessness and so on. And it was a different age, right? It was a different mm-hmm. time.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so, doesn't make it right but one can understand it perhaps mm-hmm. and yet at the same time I mean we have we have a queen she's still on the throne it's right the, um, next week is a jubilee 70 mm-hmm. years when I grew up we had Margaret Thatcher she was the first female prime minister of the UK so I was surrounded mm-hmm. by women powerful, powerful women. women right wow. mm-hmm. so it didn't it, it nothing really registered for me and when I came to the US and i was at mozilla and it was really all unconscious bias from them but i was the what the only very often in the room i was the only woman it was a group of engineers they were kind-hearted awesome humans They're some of the best people i've ever worked with mm-hmm. but they were not conscious of how they were treating me as a woman Whew. and how i was being held back and you know was sort of like right. marketing and i did a lot of writing at the time and things like that. And I just was not, I thought they didn't take me seriously because it was marketing. Yep. And mm-hmm. then I could see, Oh, actually, you know, it's because I'm,
0: because, because you're I, a I'm a blonde.
2: Woman. I'm yeah.
0: Right. All the stereotypes yeah. that come yeah. with not just being a woman, but I, like you said, yeah. you're a blonde. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was, it's interesting. Yeah. It's just, it's been a very complicated sort of, I think it is for us all, isn't it? You know, when you look at your identity and right. you, look backwards and, um, and the book really, it was a personal then journey for me to sort of try to piece together, because I, don't, I hadn't had someone be really sexist to me or really, you know, I've been really lucky, I, mm-hmm. I suppose really lucky because it doesn't look like that for everyone. Um, but there was these micro, I guess you could not even call them microaggressions, but you know, sort of like I, I was conscious that this was not right. Right, Hmm. yeah,
1: Hmm. yeah. I guess you kind of like knew just like the way they were just doing things. I guess we women have an intuition, we we know when something is not right at all, yeah. Like, we we just have this intuition. I guess it's just a natural thing that the good Lord has given us so. (laughs) Sincerely. <laughs> yeah, and there are just things that
2: you then you learn, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I learned about income inequality. And I, you know, learned about um, women are, uh, you know, I, I would very often get passed over for jobs or promotions mm-hmm. and things like that. And you then you realize, women are hired on their experience, men right. are hired on their potential. Yeah. So, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, you just think, oh, I didn't get the job, I wasn't good enough, you know. And it's like, well, oh, was I, or was I, you know, was this the right? Was this the mm-hmm. bias that was happening? And so yourself. Yeah, right, yeah.
3: especially and then it becomes big. Yeah,
2: it and is. Them. No, it is one of the big keys in the book, actually, is called Actually Talk About Money because I think we have women have not all women, and don't get me wrong, I love women who want to talk about money. God. Bless them. That's so great. I am not that woman. I have such a hard time. Um, But if we don't get comfortable talking about money, asking for what we're worth, understanding Mm -hmm. what to do with any bit of extra money that we have, because I was just looking at some data. I'm going to do a big presentation next week. Women, um, they call it the pension gap. The global pension gap is that by... At retirement age, women are thirty-seven. going to have 37% less money than men, and women live longer, we're going to live alone longer, and mm-hmm. yet we have nearly 40% less resources. So in wow. America, uh, there's an 80% probability that women over 65 will live in poverty. Like, oh, that cannot wow. be true when we have been working our whole lives. Really? But because we earn 82% on the dollar, and then we were not coached to invest any money we have, we make 0% interest on uh-huh. our savings. Oh, and then wow. fast forward 40 years, and those are the, that's the potential. Yeah. So we, wow. so money is, I hate to talk money like that, you know, it's, but it is money's a vehicle oh, and... It's independence for us as women, right? And um,
3: uh,
1: and it's our security.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. But I also think it's important that we know these things because it's unfair.
2: No, it not It absolutely isn't. No, no. And the um, they say I, um, something like it's two hundred and fifty. This is on a global global number. Mm-hmm. But it will take 257 years for women to reach um, global uh, equity uh, equity between men and women uh, with money at the current rate of progress. If we do nothing, we just carry on 257 years for all women in the world to be equal. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. I'm being super depressing on time. <laughs> I'm oh sorry, you know,
0: this is very interesting because you, yeah. you never look at it. I mean, I've never personally looked at it from this perspective and it just, it just makes you more aware of, of everything that's going on, being a woman, you know, and uh, other women that's listening, um, they can take heed into the things that we're talking about so that they can speak on it you gotta yep. speak on it. The only that and-, and sometimes you know the companies are like oh well you shouldn't disclose how much you're making this and a third but there's times where it's just like maybe we should be speaking on it that's the only way yeah. to know yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah it is no terry you're absolutely right i'm such a big advocate for that and even if it's not in the workplace even if in your friends circles right you might share what you earn and gosh that's so painful it's gosh i mean i'm getting like oh awkward just even talking you know mentioning like let's share our salaries with each other like wow Mm -hmm. that sounds like a fun friday night but how on earth are we ever going to know just as you said if we don't have some more information like am Mm -hmm. i getting paid a thousand dollars less
3: twenty thousand dollars less
2: how should you know Um, And it depends where you are in the world Mm and geography and things too. But the, I mean, I'd love that the US uh, women's soccer team finally, Mm -hmm. finally just got their equal pay um, uh, case uh, won after so many years. And they brought that cup home so many times and they were just getting a
3: pittance, so yeah, (laughs) yeah. We have we have lots of work to do. I
0: know. I know. <laughs> we got to bring you back and talk about some other things. Definitely, definitely. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank um, you. It's
2: intriguing. It I can be a, a bit different.
0: ranty. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, it's just opening up other doors that um, we need to we need to educate people on. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. This is not things that's spoken about. So yeah, exactly. If I have a platform to be able to teach, let's do it. You know, yes, let's definitely do it. But we do want to make it about you, and we we want to make it about your accomplishments in regards to the nonprofit and you writing a book and, you know, everything that you're doing as a whole that got you to the part of educating women on equality. Um, How can we find your information or how can we be connected with you?
2: Thank you. Thank you for this. Um, well, if um, if you're interested in my book, I mean that's that's you can you. It's called Unlocked. Uh, so my name, Jane Finette, Unlocked. If you search, you'll you'll find it. Of course, uh, Jeff Jeff will send will sell will sell it to you on Amazon. Bless him. Um, <laughs> and oh, thank you so much. And this is my website, janefinette.com. Yes. And I have a newsletter, and there's like lots of other links off there to find. Um, more about the Coaching Fellowship, um, the book, and so on and so forth. Um, but my life's work really is the Coaching Fellowship. Um, and thats it's a great place to find. If you have a woman that's working in social change, um, yes, <coughs> pardon me, then um, that would be, it would be wonderful if you would share it with, with them. We're about to actually open applications next month. We're just about three oh, weeks away congrats. from applications. So it's a really good <laughs> time. Amazing. Thank you.
3: Yes. and we'd this love to awesome. be able
2: to support them um and a uh, super cheeky request but as we're talking about money but also if you're so moved you know we're a non and so gifts uh, financial gifts are really gratefully gratefully received and um, um it really your support what what i would love to ask is that um uh that you know each of us when we we wake up in the morning and we're brushing your teeth or we go take that first meeting, you know, in the morning is that we can be, can be thinking about what can we do today to help, help another Mm -hmm. sister. That would be the greatest gift for, for
1: me. Mm. Amazing. 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 Thank you, Jane, um, for your expertise and for your story as well. And thank you for being a woman as empowering other women, you know, and, we need, women need to stick together. We have mm-hmm. to unify and be, and empower each other through the ups and downs and through the trials and tribulations. And I think just to uplift each other and be there for one another because we don't get that enough from each other. Cause you know, we're always, we're always at war with each other and we should not have to be that way. Mm-hmm. We should see, we, like Shannara always says she wants to see everyone win. And I think all women should win. So yeah. thank you again. Yeah. Do you have any um, closing thoughts that you would like to share to help women?
2: Thank you. Gosh, yes, I don't know where to
1: start. Actually. There's like, oh, <laughs> I
2: start. I, and I, I want to thank you because, I mean, we're so aligned. I mean, you are empowering women, you know, like it's women empowering women. And that I see that as, um, you know, it's a virtuous circle and, yes. or fl- a flywheel. And that when you empower (laughs) one woman, you empower many, many more and they empower more women. And it, you know, and so it goes around and we can get that spinning way faster, right? Mm -hmm. And the more of these small actions that we take, the more conscious we are about how do we help that woman today? Or did we notice she looked down? Do we notice she could do the boost or some critical feedback, you know, whatever it might be. Um, And we can get that spinning faster because that is how change happens. That is, I believe it at my core that um, mm-hmm. it is the more we get this momentum, the more we we cannot, we cannot stop this. And when women are empowered, everybody gets to be empowered. Every living being and every living thing on this planet gets to be empowered. Mm. It's my solution for world everything in the world. It's like, just empower women, you know? <laughs> Honestly, the data is there. We know it. We just have to make it happen.
0: Wow. I can't remember where I heard it from. Um, but I heard it saying that if you teach a woman something, she can change the nation with learning. And I think that's so um powerful because that's what we do. You know, we
3: mm-hmm.
0: we can take the smallest thing, uh, a seed, and watch it manifest. Yes and it's just um it's just honoring being a woman to be able to do that and to be able to see uh, changes and legacies that we have the potential of doing, just you know, stepping out of faith and having hope mm-hmm. and um, just being encouraged and uplifted by other women. Because yes. that's what moves the positivity in the world. You know. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Shannara, hey. do we have any um, comments from um, the audience? If we have any comments. Uh,
0: just a few people. LaWanda came in and said, good evening, ladies. Um, Just some, um, just some comments. Uh, She's speaking on uh, your nonprofit, saying that it's amazing what you're doing, Um, but we didn't have any questions. Uh, Go ahead, Jenny.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, Thank you again, Jane, for coming on and, um, just speaking on your story and empowering women. And as far as our followers, thank you for coming on this evening. Um, And I also have another question before we close out. What makes you uncommon?
2: Oh, what makes me (laughs) uncommon? Gosh, I knew you were going to ask me this, you know, and I was just like, (laughs) I don't have a good answer. Isn't that terrible? Honestly, that's so. What do other people say? Do they have really great answers? I bet they do.
0: <laughs>
2: what have other people
3: said?
0: I mean, it's it's with it's your own thought about yourself. What yeah, sure.
3: uh,
2: um,
0: so we had. I don't know. We've had so many guest speakers, but everyone so everyone's answer is unique. And yeah. that's what I love about it because we are all made individually and different. Um, yeah, I can't cool. give you your uncommon answer, but I love the transition from your your foundation of your life and then how you you're this blossoming tree that has different branches. And um, it's just very inspiring that people don't have to just stick to one thing that mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know
2: thank you thank you I for am. the reflection on that and and I, it's true I think I've been very um I've always one of the things I've always done is say yes mm-hmm. and um and it's taken me down some really crazy interesting cool paths and um I would have never thought myself as a risk taker uh, but maybe I you know <laughs> with hindsight all these things that probably are uh, I am um, oh, so I also forgot to tell you that I used to race cars. I race cars for two years as well. So definitely done oh, some, some some that would make no, no, no. it potentially uncommon, I suppose.
3: But, um, <laughs> race cars. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, no. <laughs>
2: yes. it's, it's really cool. It's really cool. But there's there's changing, you know, you can you can see um there can be a lot of shame around the change, you know, when mm-hmm. you, you think, oh, she did this, then she did that. But it's not, you know, I think it's about living a full life, right? It's yeah. about I love knowing it. when to move forward and to try something new. We're here to, we only have this one chance. So let's make the most of it. Mm, I like
0: that. yeah like you that. did answer without even. I thinking. managed
2: it oh. <laughs> with some help from you. Thank you so much.
1: You just—you had to in, just inspire. I reassured people. who you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you a little bit to help her out. But <laughs> thank you. We need our sisters. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um. Again, thank you, Jane, for coming on and. Also, to our followers, thank you for tuning in this evening. And I want to speak on our apparel. Make sure you go check them out at www.uncommonwomen.net. As well as make sure you guys come on and check out our YouTube channel. Like and sub- up subscribe. Sorry about that. At Uncommon Women Podcast. As well as make sure you come check me out on Instagram Live. Um, Uncommon Three Women um, June 14th at 6 p.m. I have um, an amazing guest speaker that's going to come on and speak on her story on blindness awareness and um, as well as I am currently still looking for someone to come on for July. I'm looking for cleft and crinoa facial and psychoma awareness. If you or anyone um, knows anyone one of you yourselves that has a story to speak or is an advocate that wants to come on um, to to come on live, you know, to speak on um your story. Um, you can de- uh, you can email me at uncommon three three women at gmail.com. And also make sure you tune in next Thursday. We have another incredible story and another incredible guest speaker at 7 p.m. uh eastern time. I was gonna say central. <laughs> and thank you again and I'm common. Bye, bye thank you.